thank you, Lord. <laughs> it's hard. Like once you start walking on the water, <laughs> you don't want to get back in the boat. You know how it is, eh? I had, we have a New Zealand uh, a, a guy from here um, on our team. And he said, Izzy. What I see you releasing <laughs> is um, you're going to walk on the water, dance, walk on the water, run on the water, and you're going to dance on the water. Or dance. He said, dance on the water. Because that's how you say it, right? You're going to dance on the water. And I'm like, dance? Oh, dance. Yeah, dance on the water. And I love that. And um, in our own family, we've just had a wedding this year. Our number three, Reece, uh, Zoe, got married to Reese Kohiraki Tamatu. Okay, cool. <laughs> I have to really practice that. So we have beautiful tribal things happening in our family. And there's lots of food all the time. Our food bill's gone like way out because it's just eating, eating, eating all the time. And I love, I love this nation and um, I've really missed not being here. So thank you for, for having me and for hosting this beautiful conference that we've come to the end of and also for just hosting people. And um, I really felt tonight that Holy Spirit is the one who hosts you and he's the one who, you know, we say worship, uh, uh, you know, we come toward him to worship, but actually worship is a two-way street. And it's not that God worships us, but there are songs that he wants to sing over us. And even as you stand there quietly sometimes, and I know worship leaders want you jumping up and down all the time, because, you know, then they know something's happening. But sometimes in those quiet moments, God is touching your life so powerfully. He sings over you. He speaks to you. He whispers love to you. That's what he's like. There's a, there's a response. You know, we sing to the heavens, and the heavens actually respond back. And I believe it's part of how we, we develop other intelligences. We have, how many of you know we have the Spirit of God? Is there any more intelligent spirit anywhere? You right now house the spirit that was involved in the creation of everything that you can see and everything that you can't see. That's insane. Sorry, I, don't, I know you guys are very sort of English. and Yeah, that sounds wee, wee good. Yeah, I could do I could live with that. But I mean, we're talking about the fact that Holy Spirit, who is God, just by the way, the, the, thr the Trinity isn't Father, Son in the Bible. It's Father, Son and the Spirit. And the word became flesh, dwelt among us. And then before the word left the planet, he said, I'm going to send you somebody and you're going to love him because he's just like me. So if you like me, you really are going to love my best friend, Holy Spirit. I love how they talk about each other. And John 14, John 17, all the way through to John 17, Jesus is preparing the people, his disciples for this Holy Spirit who is going to help them be intelligent on the planet. And I'll tell you what that intelligence is. There's something called emotional intelligence, which is e EQ. And um, it's actually, I believe that, <laughs> I feel like it actually stands also for equity. I believe that we get earthly equity when we are emotionally understanding what's happening to us. And the only one who can really help us along the way is the Spirit, and I'm going to tell you why. We're going to read in the Scriptures from Luke 10. Actually, I'm going to paraphrase it tonight because I'm watching the clock, and I, I reckon I can do it, all right? I'm, I'm going to give it a go. 
we're speaking about emotional maturity. Are you all good? Every now and again, just shake yourself and just go, yeah, I'm awake, I'm alive. This is awesome, amazing, wow. Okay, Luke 10, from verse 25. And an expert in the law came to Jesus and starts a conversation. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, bearing in mind, he wasn't cool. He wasn't just wanting to have a conversation. He wanted to catch Jesus out, which was a frequent occurrence. Jesus was used to this, so he's prepared. And he said, so Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? And then, of course, the expert in the law says, um, and then Jesus says, how do you read it? How do you view it? And he goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your, mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Note that he didn't just say, love the Lord your God. He goes through the dimensions of heart, soul, strength, mind. In other words, you don't just love God with your spirit. You love God with your whole body. You're made up of more than just brain matter and a spirit, because otherwise we should just become Christians and get sucked out by an eternal vacuum cleaner that saves the planet. So just let's clear out the way and leave room for the others. All right? No, but it doesn't, because earth is a process for us to learn how to change. And it's only love that can change us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, bingo, you got it right. 10 out of 10. And, but the expert wanted to justify himself. And so he said, well, okay, hang on a minute. Who's my neighbor? And Jesus goes to tell a story. There was a man who went out from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was traveling and he was attacked and they basically stripped him off his clothes. They beat him up. He was all bloodied and left half dead. A priest comes along, a high priest comes along and sees him, walks over to the other side of the road and keeps going. Same happens when a Levite comes along does exactly the same thing as the priest does, crosses the road, steps over, and walks on. A Samaritan comes, and he stops, and he has pity on him. He says it actually touched his heart. He stopped, and he thought, That's, that really sucks what's just happened. I want to help you. Puts him on um, his donkey and takes him to an inn, cleans him up, obviously leaves some kind of garments and things for him, and says to the innkeeper, I'm coming back to check on him in a couple of days. And in a couple of days' time, even though I'm paying you for two days, tell me if there's any other costs, if he needs to eat or get clothes or whatever it is. So that's real kindness, right? And Jesus said, so who do you think is the neighbor, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? And obviously the guy goes, well, I guess the Samaritan. And Jesus says to him, the one who had mercy, to him, mercy on him, and Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In other words, it's fine that you're an expert on everything spiritual, but you actually don't have a heart because you've come here to catch me out, and I'm telling you now, go and do the same. Have mercy on people. Have mercy. Now, the reality is this expert in the law had no hope in the world of ever coming up with mercy short of an encounter with Jesus Christ. I do believe that he went away and he was changed. He had a choice, at least, to make, make a difference and to go, Am I going to respond to this guy or am I going to listen to all the other experts in the law who criticize him and are calling him names, et cetera, et cetera? You see, we're all faced the same thing. There's no way you can muster up this love. This love that he's speaking about, Jesus Christ is speaking about, is the love that God first had for us. One John. This is not love that we love God, but that he first loved us. We are a response to him. Right? You can't forklift yourself out of any situation. God loves you first. 
And many times throughout our lives, we're going through different situations. People go through divorces. They go through deaths. They lose their parents. They might lose a child or two. They might have trauma, other trauma, lose their jobs or lose a limb. People go through all kinds of disappointments, and they even get mad with God. And I understand that. I've been through that. Where you just think, well, earth's supposed to be a better experience than this. I'm pretty sure that's what the poor guy walking along the road, I mean, I don't think he planned on getting attacked. No one does. Who goes out and goes, I think today is the day, you know? Having said that, this way between Jericho and Jerusalem would have taken about seven hours to walk because they didn't have cars. Never mind, moving on now. Um, So they had donkeys. (laughs) How many of you, like, you know, they would talk to each other, what kind of donkey have you got? (laughs) What model donkey have you, do you have? You know, what kind of hooves? They've got, oh, we've got mag hooves. <laughs> no, they were donkeys. And for the guy to have given up his donkey to carry and, you know, move along with this, it would have taken way longer than seven hours to get to Jericho and do work. It was called the way of blood. It was actually, that's what it was known as, the way of blood, because of the fact there were so many attacks. So it wasn't like a common way to walk. I think planet Earth is kind of a little bit more like that now. It's, there's a little more frequency. Have you noticed? Like even in Sydney, I, I went to the pharmacy just down the road, and there were two quite elderly ladies. I mean, they're probably my age, but I felt, that, <laughs> you know, because well, I'm elderly. I mean, I'm considered almost elderly now. But anyway, they looked a little bit scared, and they're like, what's happening? They go, oh, didn't you see on the news? Um, there was a guy who came with a hoodie, and then he held us up with a knife and got all the money. So I'm like, okay. So they said, can you go outside and check if there's a hooded guy out there? I said, sure. <laughs> and I'm looking. I'm like, I said, so if he's there, what do we do? <laughs> do we bring all the toilet rolls in? Like, what are we going to do? Like, is, is, is there a, do you have a drill? <laughs> I mean, and they both looked so panicked. I'm like, do you like your job? Like, are you going to carry on doing this? You see, we don't have a choice. We're on this planet, and you need a job, and you've got to do your thing, and you're going to encounter some messes and some bloody things along the way. And how do we cope? Emotional maturity really is all about allowing, allowing God to love us. It's love that heals us. It's love that has made a medical system available. You know that doctors actually want to make you well. Psychologists actually want to help people. By and large, surgeons want to make sure the things that ought not to be in your body go. They want to stitch you up well. They want to make sure you are clean. Your wounds are clean and healthy. We have systems all around us that are loving us. I think sometimes people don't stop and think about the fact that that's what intelligence has done. Think about it. They study for many years, 10 years, some of them, to make sure that you're going to be okay. That's love. God initiated that. He gave people capacity to do that. And it's the same thing when we need help to try and defrag what on earth is going on. Counselors, psychologists, and even psychiatrists, they study to discover and help people along the way. People have been traumatized. People don't know. Is something else going to happen? Is there going to be a new thing? How much longer are we going to be stop starting? I mean, people were really disrupted. You know, I know you had a word about that. The disruption actually had an effect on people's psyches. People got anxiety. There were higher divorce rates. People just went, I don't know what it is. I just don't want to be with you anymore. It's like, that. it's crazy. What's just happened? And so stuff happens. And I believe that emotional maturity happens when we're able to stop 
and acknowledge something is not okay, right? It's actually okay to say you're not okay. We have that in Australia, like, are you okay? At first, I thought it was Ruach. I was like, what's that? Who's this guy? Are you? I, mean, I, I was really daft about it. I had to ask. I'm like, what's going on? It was everywhere. Are you okay? And it's like, no, people are saying we're not okay. You stop and ask people, and they're able to say we're not okay. In some areas of our lives, we're not okay. Even the most confident people sometimes have to face anxiety in their lives. You know, something might trigger them. They might, you know, if you've been in places where there's gunshots or stuff, we've had that, where there were bombs going off. And then every time there was a shot going up, you'd fall to the ground because you think, are we going through that again? You, you have trauma that you have to deal with and talk about. Those are stop points for you to say, hey, take stock. This is happening and it's happening to me. So you take ownership of that. There are different stages that we find ourselves in as well. So, for instance, you watch the child away, the child grows up, a baby has certain needs that you can't ignore. If it cries for food and it cries because it's got a poopy nappy, you just have to change. You have to clean it. You have to do that. But notice that if the child's five years old and still doing that, screaming and saying, change my nappy, ah, you know, it's, that's not healthy. Something's gone wrong. We need to be training them, right? That's why we potty train and we, we help them to understand. No, you, no, Johnny, you can't have that ice cream right now. But if we do this and then maybe afterwards we can do that. That's okay. Don't try and be a psychologist to your toddler. They need boundaries. They need help. Secure children have boundaries too. It's good. It's healthy. You know, I had to, we've raised six and they're pretty nice kids. They're, they're okay. We can take them everywhere. And we could take them pretty much anywhere, even, you know, to people's homes and sit down because we taught them when you come in, you say please, you say thank you. I've noticed nowadays it seems to be uncool to do that. They just grab and go. And I'm like, they're going to be nasty adults. Why do that to them? Train them. The head of the dance school, performing dance school, our 16-year-old, is actually the secretary said to me, man, is it your son? He's so polite. He just thanks us for everything. And I'm like, why? You know, What is that? He doesn't run and say, you owe me. Life doesn't owe us anything. We're grateful. And that's part of emotional maturity. You're just grateful for things. You can just start out by just the person who gives you coffee saying, thank you so much. Thank you for, the, for how you do this. And people go, why? I do this, I get paid for it. Yeah, but it's the way you do it. Thank you. Gratitude actually develops your personality. Did you know that? That's why worship is so important. When you tell God how grateful you are to him, you don't think he owes you anything. And it deals with a lot of the stuff of like, wow, why is things going wrong? Well, hello, you're not in planet utopia. You're not in heaven yet. This is a building site. It's a construction site. Earth is rout with hunger, strikes, famines, wars, birth pangs, creation saying, ah, where are the sons of glory? Who will stand up and say, hey, there's a different sound coming out of us. We want to say thank you. I believe that, I believe we can make the earth better, even just the physical earth better, by being grateful. That's, that's why you put trash in in the bin, because you're grateful that there are bins and you don't mess the planet. I mean, that's how you love. It's a response. Love is a response to who first loved us. The other thing is, you know, there's um, emotional adolescence. And this is the, you know, very black and white. It's either right or wrong. There's nothing in between. It's like, I know everything. And sometimes we can find ourselves in places where we expect 
people to kind of read our minds and passive aggression comes in. Yeah, well, I, you know, yeah, I didn't used to do that when I was, you know. You almost hint at things instead of sitting people down and say, hey, why do you do that? You know, why, why do you say those things? That really hurts. We've had to teach our kids when they were young, say, instead of, you know, ignoring something, sit the person down and say, hey, that really affects me when you say this and that. That's not okay. It's to tell them. If you don't speak up, nobody will know. And I, I personally feel like bullying has been allowed because we just don't train our kids. I, you know, I know that it's not cool <laughs> to teach your kids how to hit back, but I, I taught Zach from young. I said, listen, I know that Christians will tell you, just take turn the other cheek. I don't believe in that in this situation. If that kid knocks you off again, you slug him back. Slug him back, for goodness sake. So Zach took me seriously. He's on, his, and he's, and he's on his bike and he's cycling home. And the kid who'd been pushing everybody else around and him, he decided, <laughs> I don't want this anymore. So he ran ahead, put his bike down, went to the guy and just went, hey, gave him a huge fright. And the guy fell off his bike and then he jumped on, just ran. He said, I ran for my life, mom. And the guy never messed with him again. Now, it's so ridiculous, right? I'm not advocating violence. But sometimes just telling people that's enough. You just don't have to do that. I was at the tool the other day um, at Aldi's, and, and, and um, there were two really old people at the tool. And you know how they fumble and they try and find their coins and things? And the guy was saying, come on now, you can do that, you know. And as soon as they left, I said, you know what, they're really old, hey. He goes, yeah, yeah, but, you know. I said, no, that's not cool. Somebody's got to say something very gently. I said, hey, they're really old. And when you're old, you're lonely and you're sad. And just don't make their life worse. Be patient with them. It's really hard being old and your hands are shaky and you just can't do things. Like you can't, you forget, you know, your hands start to tremble. That's how we love. You, you help people by saying, hey, you step in. And I'm, I'm not one of those people that just whack, 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 whack. I really don't. I stick to myself. But there are times when we kind of have to speak up, right? <laughs> Emotional maturity means you take ownership for your own stuff. And if somebody says to you, hey, when you do that, that's really bad. Instead of saying, oh, well, you know, I was very tired on that day and I hadn't had any sleep. You just go, you know what? I can be rude sometimes. I'm so sorry. Or when, when you're late. Oh, you know, I had to do this. Sometimes just saying, I'm late. I was disorganized. I'm so sorry. It's hard, eh? I'll phone my team if I'm going to be five minutes late. And I'll just phone them. I'll say, I'm so sorry. I really messed up today. I got up really early, but I just messed up. Like towards the end, I just, I don't know what happened. I'm really sorry, and I'm going to be there in five minutes. They go, oh. And so now they call me. They're like, I'm so sorry. You know, Mom, we're just going to be like five minutes away, but we'll be there. They always do that because we respect each other. It's not just a one-way. Well, I'm a leader, and I can just do what I like. That's not emotionally mature. I don't have a right. I don't have a right. What are our rights? Jesus, who had created the whole planet, didn't consider the right to tell people that he was God. And imposed things on them. He came to love and serve. And he humbled himself as a servant. Emotional adults take stock of where they're at. They respect other people. And they're happy to resolve. And they're also, here's another thing that wasn't in the notes. But they're also happy for things not to be resolved. That's maturity. There's some relationships you just can't salvage. People are, some people are just intent on being narky no matter what happens. You can buy them a house, a car, a thing. You can bend over backwards. It's like the woman who was never happy and the husband was a little fisherman and he kept getting better jobs and better jobs until she lived in a palace and she was still not happy. 
Some people will just never be happy. It's not your job to make them happy. Accept it. You can't resolve that, but at least you've done your part, right? So don't keep trying to make a relationship where it just can't happen and there seems to be evidence. Just ask the Lord to give you a strategy for maybe to revive something at a certain time. Give you a word of knowledge. Say, right now, do that and you'll have an entrance in. And that saves you a lot of energy. I'm just telling you from life experience. How do we grow into emotional maturity? How do, how do we develop that? I think the people that are close to us will always be super honest. And you know what? If they don't own up to stuff, ask them questions. How can I be? What are the things that really frustrate you about me? It's a very daring question. Ooh. You ask your team, you know. Ask your people. Ask your friends. What is it that frustrates? What do you love about me? What is frustrating about me? And then take it on the chin. It's painful, but it's helpful. And if somebody only criticizes you, it just means that they need to mature, all right? Learn to affirm people. Tell them when things are really, really good. For every criticism, have three affirmations. Have you noticed how God doesn't just... He loves you, loves you, loves you. And when he disciplines you, you don't even notice. Because you just... Oh, you just you're just reveling in the beautiful things that he's encouraged you with. And he says, yeah, and by the way, just don't, don't snap at people like that. You go, oh, yeah, no, sure. He doesn't take you and go, hey, you, son, be holy because I am holy. God is not a big gorilla. He's smart. He's intelligent. He knows your personality. He knows how to get through to you. So let's not be bombastic. Don't expect of other people things that you don't expect of yourselves. You know, if you can't do it, don't expect somebody else to. Accept yourself. That's the best thing. Accept yourselves. When you, when you are able to just look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? You're pretty fun to live with. Because here's the thing. Sometimes people leave churches, they leave families, they leave schools, they, just, they go leave jobs. They find the same problems rise up everywhere they go. It's a weird pattern. And they think, what is it that everywhere I go, people are so mm, 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 mm. And then you sit them down and you go, the funny thing is that you are the common factor <laughs> in all of these scenarios. So accepting yourself and going, you know what, I accept that maybe I've got this quirky thing about me and I want things done this way, blah, blah, blah. And then learn to love yourself and find ways that you can actually get better. If there are places that you get stuck in, you can check into a psychologist. Do you know that I think Christians, it's, it's good to actually go to counselors. It's good, it's good to check in. If we're trying to help people and understand people, why not go to a psychologist and try and understand people? You can't understand people if you don't understand yourself. Love as you love yourself. To the degree that you allow God to love you will be the depth of love that you will love other people. Loved people love people. And it's true often that hurt people hurt people. So when you see someone, you know, if you have an expectation of a best friend or of this or of that, Ask people if they have the same expectation as well. I'm very honest with people. If someone says, hey, you're going to be my next best friend, we'll sit down and we we'll say, is there reality in this? Really, let's look at our lives. Is this going to happen? You go to movies all the time. I'm just not into that. You know? I'm a nerd. I just study and do other stuff. You know? I'm quirky. I want to climb trees. Do you want to climb trees? No, not really. We're probably not going to be best friends. 
My best friend at school was the craziest tree climber, and that's why we were best friends. She was so odd, she hardly spoke, but boy, she could climb trees. That's all I wanted. I didn't really want to talk. I remember going to my first party, and the boy who talked me, and I wanted to philosophize. I'm like, everyone was making out. I didn't know they were making out. I didn't even know what making out was. I was so such a nerd. I was like out in the sky somewhere, philosophizing, even way before I was a Christian. I don't even know why I'm saying that. Be realistic about who you are. Don't try and be somebody you're not. If it distresses you to go out in a group and everyone's going to be out for the whole day, be honest and say, I'll go in my own car and I can cope with three hours and then after which time I'll have to probably go. And be, tell people why. Don't go, oh, I've got something else. No, you don't. Don't lie. Just say, I can't actually cope beyond three hours. And don't be shy. You're going to have to pay for petrol. It's okay. Just pay for the petrol. Be yourself. I'm often going to find the awkward people in the room because I am that person. I can cope for so many hours. I'll party hard and then I also fall hard. I'm like, I, I just, I'm just going to go and zone out now. And even if I have to stay up all night and pray, that's why I do that. Not because I'm more spiritual than anybody else. Because I just need more. I need help. I need him to love me and love all the parts that, were, that got briars and thistles as I was walking down the bloody way. I need that. I need him to remind me who I am. He says, don't worry, I know that person said that. It was insensitive, but it doesn't matter. Because that's not true. And they're saying that because they're not happy with themselves. You go, yeah, that's right. Oh, Lord. And then you find yourself loving people. Because you realize, wow, everybody's a little messed up. And it's okay. Everybody is just a little messed up. And that's actually okay. I don't go around saying everybody's fractured, everybody's broken, and everybody's so broken, and we're all broken together. No, no, no. You can be whole and still be a little messed up. You can be whole. You look at a massive vase that's a whole vase, and they have a little crack. It doesn't mean the whole vase is cracked. There's just a little crack. And sometimes it lets the light through in actually quite a pretty way. And that's how he likes it when you need him and you need that light to break through so that people see it's not of yourself it's of God it's better that we need him it's better if you need him it's not good to be independent from God it's good to learn independence from people from a set point of view you don't call them up every time you have a problem but it's not good to be independent from God and to be able to say hey I need you I need you to remind me of stuff and then don't wait for him to speak out the sky. Open up his words and read them out. You know, we want him to forklift us out of situations that he has already forklifted you. Don't keep saying to him, oh, my sins are so many. He's already removed them. Why do you keep reminding him of things he's forgotten? Why do you remind yourself of things that he remembers? Remind yourself of the important stuff. You can even write things about yourself. I wake up and I go, hey, Iz, you're not forgetful today. You've got this. You can remember things. You, you're actually a smart person. I was told from really young, you are disorganized. My, my Italian father was, everybody was disorganized. Actually, he was just traumatized in his brain, and he was on the spectrum, so everybody was disorganized. You're all stupid. You're disorganized and stupid. Or everybody. Nobody. Nobody. Only he was in smart. So I had to tell myself growing up, I'm, I'm organized. I can administrate. I can do this. I've got this. And I'm how old? I'm two years from 60, and I still do it. I don't have to grow out of the childish and childlike ways that God has given us for us to actually become mature. 
I don't wait for other people to tell me, gosh, you're so amazing. You're so organized. Oh, my gosh. I just, when you come in the room, I just think organization. No. They see things fall out my bag, and they go, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm so organized right now. I know where everything is. And it's true. If things are chaotic, I know exactly where it is. It's like I memorize where all these, weird, you know, it's like that. Embrace your creativity. Embrace even the OCD things. Like, I just want all those things in a row. Don't mess with it. Then have them in a row for crying out loud. If that makes you happy, do it. <laughs> Don't hide it from people. Just be open. Say, I like things in a row. I work with the Spurgeous people. They're the funnest people. You just got to have things the way they want them. And it's so much fun. And we love them like that. You don't mess with the patterns. You love people. And that's maturity. You don't try and change people. You accept them the way they are and you love them because that's what God has done to us. He didn't love us when we became mature. He loved us when we were in the way of blood. Ah, hallelujah. Well, that's my time. Nobody's moved. What do you want to do now? Maybe we could... We can always prophesy more. You know what I think would be cool? We could do like group prophecy. Have you ever done that? Where you just say, right, everybody who has this particular thing, we're going to speak into that. And you just all either stand up or put your hand up or whatever you're comfortable with. I find when I respond, I get more goodies. But I feel really super weird about doing that. I know that's like when people say, oh, everyone's going to see me standing up. Let me tell you something. Nobody cares. They're all thinking the same thing. They're hoping you're not looking at them. So let's do that. Okay. <laughs> You happy? All right. When I said creative and chaotic, I felt like there was something jumping around. How many of you identify with that and you just wish, I wish I could just be more on time, more organized, more everything? Do you want to stand up? Oh, gosh, I hope there are some of you in this place. All the creatives. All right. Now, let's join to this group. When you were younger, you just felt different in your classroom. And you just thought, I, I don't know what it is, but when I turn the math thing upside down, I get it. Like, that was me in algebra. If I just, they said, nope. We can't see the way you worked it out. It's wrong. And I'm like, but I worked it out my way. Nope, it's wrong. I was a divergent thinker. And they said, you're stupid. I said, come on, stand up. Stand up. You stand up in that. If you're divergent, stand up. If you do things differently, stand up. If you feel odd, stand up. If you feel like you're different, stand up. Yeah, you just think, man, I just, why? Everyone's going that way. And I'm over here. I'm like the little fish. You're going, no, over here, over here. Okay, that's you. Stand up. And if you want to stand up as I'm speaking. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now. I wonder if we can have like a pad. Is there a pad we could play in the background even? That would be nice if you can. If you can't, I understand. But if you can, at any time we can just come into the sound. sound. Um, thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you love people so much. Oh, should we have music? Should we sing? Should we play? No, we just have a drone. All right. Hallelujah. I feel like when the Holy Spirit looks at you, He's so delighted at the way you're woven and spun, and there's such artwork inside of you. And there's also things in you that you're say, you've been saying, God, I want these things to change. I feel like right now He was wanting to give you creative strategy. And it might even be that he, he gives you a point one, point two, point three to do every day. Like as almost like your particular um, prescription 
He has a, an individual prescription for each one of you to, to respond to, and it's personal for each one. It's not going to be the same. And so just hold your hands up lightly. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is on them, and that you're able to teach them and train them and instruct them, that you teach them truth in their innermost parts, in those passageways in, the, in their psyche, in their dream life. God, make sense of that, of what it is that they're dreaming about. And we just thank you right now for supernatural recharge and supercharge in dreams, in visions, in supernatural encounters. Right, if you're a dreamer and if you have visions, stand up. If you're somebody who dreams and has visions, stand up. The rest of you don't have to sit down. You can actually get double goodies, more goodies. If you want to dream and you haven't ever dreamed, stand up too. I had somebody recently say, I didn't dream until you arrived and now I had this dream. That's, that's so cool. The Spirit is still being poured out. So the rest of you want to sleep, hey? You just want to sleep. You don't want dreams. I understand. Maybe you've been dreaming too much. You say, no, no. Right, Father, we just thank you that you just see these people and the hunger and desire for the Spirit. We thank you that you're pouring your Spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are prophesying and you're speaking to them in, in visions and dreams. Whoa. Sophie, come and stand forward. I feel like you're a conduit for the rest of them. A conduit means it goes, Whoa. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for dreams and visions and even more, Lord, creativity, Lord, for instructions, recipes, ways of doing things in their dreams. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you, God. Even how to structure the day, how to how create play and fitness and times of refreshing. We just thank you for that. Creative administration. We thank you for that. Supernatural. We just release that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. All right, you can sit if you want to, but right now, if you are a, you're just one of these really black and white people and you have a high justice meter, just stand up. You just think, God, I just, things must be done a certain way or otherwise. You know, and that might, that's fine. There might be like the same people also stand up. And you just go, well, God, I just, I just feel like he wants to come to you as the rider on the white horse. And it says that he rides with truth, humility, and then justice is behind. Truth and humility. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. He shows you the way. He leads the way. Humility follows. And then comes justice. I feel like he's going he's gonna to make sense of justice as you learn humility. And humility doesn't mean that you just become a doormat. Humility means you're willing to learn how to do something in a different way. There's, another, there's many different ways to get to the same place. The GPS changes according to the weather, according to the constructions in the street, according to people's driving methods. And so right now, we'd, Father, we just thank you that you give people, you give people opportunity to, to learn a different way. And if that's you and you say, yep, I want to learn a different way. I want to learn a different way of doing things. Somebody here, you run a business in town. Who runs a business? Who runs a business? What type of business do you do? 
marketing agency, have you been asking the Lord for something recently? Stand up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that you give strategy, supernatural strategy. We thank you, God, there is a strategy that works for this company. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. God, at a time when other things have shut down, thank you that this company is going to go from strength to strength. Connect him with other success stories to give him the next step. I just feel like there's going to be a step that you're going up onto. And there's a podium with information. There's a podium. It's almost like a, a, a platform. That's what the word I'm looking for. A platform where others are also going to be able to help and discuss. There's a platform of people who know your type of business that can help. And Father, we thank you that help comes from the Lord, but help also comes through people. There's the wisdom. And I thank you, Father, for a discerning heart to know where wisdom is coming from and what fits this particular business because you want to, you want for him to create wealth and to be successful. And we thank you that he is already successful. But we thank you for even more, Lord. Thank you for deeper understanding for his staff and people that are going to be working, even new people that will work with him, Lord, even a different way of working. And I feel like understanding is going to pave the way for you to work with different types of people who can actually do the job quicker and get the job done smarter. You've been saying, God, I'm sure there's another way around this. We can do this smarter. It just seems to be less cost-effective. And we thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Shalom. Let's bless all of us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you bless all of us. We all want to mature and grow, Lord. We thank you for the Spirit's intelligence. We thank you for our intellect, but we thank you for emotional intelligence. Thank you that you have all of it. Father, Son, and Spirit, you can all teach us. And thank you that you've put us in a body where others can train us and help us and teach us and be vulnerable. Teach us to be vulnerable with the right people so that we can trust and we can be entrusted. In Jesus' name, amen.